The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. And welcome into the Fantasy Football Podcast presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me this evening is my man, C.H. Herms. How are we doing, sir? I'm doing so well that I almost forgot that I was on mute out of courtesy. So I mean, that's it's, I'm in the zone. I'm in the zone, man. You know, I'm just chilling. Off to a fast start. Good stuff. Good stuff. We, uh, we're heading into week two here, man. We got a lot of good uh, NFL action from week one. Some surprises, some wild uh, starts here. I know you're pretty pumped for uh, for week two for a special reason. Why don't you share uh, the folks uh, at home, all the listeners and viewers, your big matchup this week. You got a, you got a big one on the, on the plate. Yes, I do. And I am not remotely emotionally prepared for it whatsoever. So one of the cool things about Scott Fishbowl every year is, you know, the chance to play with, you know, analysts and, you know, other, you know, cool figures. Like last year I was in the REM division with you know, the bass player from the band. So I was like, oh, God. you know, so like that was cool. But then this year I ended up in the Margaritaville division against Matthew Berry. And Dude. week two. Too cool. <laughs> There it is, just me as the godfather of fantasy football. Like, when I checked, you know, because, you know, I checked the app periodically. I'm just like, okay, we're on the week two. I'm going to set my lineup. Who's my opponent? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh God. And I'm just, like, losing my mind. You know, it, dude, I, mm, if I can pull off this W. You can, like, maybe frame it, like, you know, print up, like, this the score sheet and everything, put it up on the wall. I think it'd be good right there with the Maryland flag, just saying. Yeah, and I'm talking, you know, maybe just like or even one one of those services where you know you like send a screenshot and just they make like a really cool, like nice, like glass kind of glossy, you know, version of the image. Make it like just I like go it. way too hard with it and just hang it, you know. Yeah, dude, hundred percent, hundred percent. Tell us about the matchup a little bit. I mean, are you, we got a fighting chance here or what? So Matthew had three players in the Thursday night game go already so you know Eckler Josh Palmer Gerald Everett so like they did well but I went with kind of okay but not great you know yeah like you know that 44 points in the Scott Fishbowl scoring out of three players so it's like Mm -hmm. you know a respectable amount but nothing that I can't overcome but I have a very strange team build so like I basically punted on quarterback entirely and just like my first two picks were tight ends Mark Andrews and Kelsey Yes, that is how I, I think started. I remember. I think I remember seeing that on Twitter. Like, all right, good start. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm just. It is like the most aggressive form of bully tight end possible. So, like, right. Kelsey did okay, but you know, I still have to lean on the strength of Andrews and also Pat Fryermuth. And then, but the tricky thing, gotta be honest though, I could be sunk before the games even kick off on Sunday because Alvin Kamara was one of my big picks, oh, and I I ouch. don't really have a ton of depth at other positions because of the right. kind of ballsy way that I built my team. So I really need that or I th- best case scenario, like in a world where Kamara doesn't play, I have Daryl Henderson to slot in. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst okay. consolation okay. prize, be, but we're going to be talking some uh, Daryl Henderson here shortly. So we'll, uh, we'll get right into it here. Let's, uh, let's jump into some start sit questions. I, I mean, we're wishing you the best of luck. I mean, I know all the, uh, the uh, sports gambling podcast DGens are going to be backing you on our side of the fence. So we're here for you. Matthew Barry's <laughs> had his time. Come on. All right. Getting into some week two start or sit questions. First up, we're looking at quarterbacks. Uh, Jameis knees and toes Winston or Tua the perfect balls tag of Iloa. Which way are you going? I've it's tricky because like I've written about the fact that Jameis Winston is somebody that especially if you already rostered Dak Prescott or just weren't really thrilled with your week one starter and we're looking to make an upgrade. Like that's the guy I'm rolling with because the next stretch of games for the Saints are super good, except mm-hmm. for this one. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you know, I want to, I want to see what he can do. I think because he had the, at least half of a revenge game last year, but that was right. the game where he tore the ACL and, you know, missed the rest of the season. So I think conservatively, you just have to go with Tua. The Ravens secondary has already seen some injuries. It's it, mm-hmm. and plus, like it, the new offense that they have going there, it's 
it it tailors itself well to the conservative nature of Tua anyway. So if mm-hmm. you just want to play it safe, I think the simplest thing to do is just to go with Tua. But I really want to say Winston. I really do. Yeah. Tua, uh, Tua and safe is hard to use in the same sentence, And at least as far as my point of view. I was not high on him coming into the season. He's just not a guy that I've been high on in his career. The, the offense, you know, seeing it through week one, yeah, it looks like they've built a nice system around him where he's not going to have to expose himself to a lot of, you know, risk, you know, throwing downfield, right? We saw yeah. a lot of those hooks and a lot of those slants with Waddle. I think Waddle took a slant to the house on, on his touchdown. Um, Tyree Kill was using a lot, you know, just going down the field and coming back into space. It was working out well. Hill made a couple of plays where, you know, he came down with the ball and, you know, he beat a defender. But I do believe that Tua has a safer floor. We also saw how Taysom Hill was included into the offense last week. We don't know when he might come in and steal a touchdown from Jameis. And if you look at their stat lines from last week, Winston and Tua, they're almost exactly identical uh, pass completions versus attempts and yardage. The only thing that Winston had over him was just one extra touchdown. And that was just kind of like, a weird way to end that game, right? Like we saw like no Mike Thomas. Hey, look, now Mike yeah. Thomas is here scoring touchdowns. It was crazy. Oh. <laughs> uh, I had pulled Mike Thomas out of some lineups because I saw the 20 to 30 snaps. Yeah. Tweet and I was like, nope, get out of my, get out of my lineup. Get out of there. And then I left him in another one. Cause it was like two minutes before kickoff. I was like, Jesus, this is, this is some fantasy football stuff to start the season right here. This is some good stuff, but I, <laughs> I agree with you to a much safer floor, right? Like when you're just looking at, you know, the, the defense of Tampa Bay, what they did at Dallas last week, I mean, they, they ended Dak for a, a good period of time here. You know what I mean? Like I, I do believe that they're going to get to Winston uh, potentially early and often. So for, for that, I'm just fading. I'm like the, the Hill narrative, just the, 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 the defense for Tampa Bay. I don't love it. Kamara, who you mentioned could be gone. Like it's, it's not, uh, it's not pointing a good direction for them right now. Uh, let's move over to running back. We just mentioned Darrell Henderson, Darrell Henderson Jr. Uh, with my or with Atlanta, excuse me, or David Montgomery at Green Bay. Which way are you going? I mean, just between the expected opportunity and also just the cakewalk of the opposing defense. I mean, like I'm going with Henderson because mm-hmm. the tricky thing about Montgomery, at least early on, is that and, and part of this could have just been the nature of the game itself you know, being really awful conditions, you just kind of have to run a whole bunch. But, like, Khalil Herbert played in Chicago. Found it, yeah, you know. But Khalil Herbert worked his way in there quite a bit toward the end of that game. And, like, perhaps mm-hmm. it's a little bit more of a committee than we perhaps wanted it to be. And also just, you know, to give credit to Khalil Herbert himself, I mean, he's an incredibly talented running back. I thought he, in a vacuum, looked better than Montgomery last year. But then mm-hmm. it's the game against Green Bay, number one. On Sunday night, number two. And number three, like, Aaron Rodgers just had a horrible (laughs) week one. Do you want to be on the team that's going up against an angry Aaron Rodgers coming off of an embarrassment like that, particularly a big rivalry game like that? Like, no. Mm -hmm. Like, I have a feeling the Bears are going to have to be put into a position where it's, like, big negative game script energy, and those Mm -hmm. are not exactly the type of situations that a running back like Montgomery is necessarily going to pop off and capitalize on it i just think daryl henderson has so much more going for him especially because the other guy he has to worry about is cam Akers, who when he was on the field like not only did nothing with his i think three carries and then that missed blocking assignment i mean who knows if he's still in the doghouse for that there's Mm -hmm. a good chance he might be so just the volume and the i mean like even with, you know, a banged up, you know, backfield that the Saints had, like they still did a pretty good job of running on Atlanta last week. It's not right. like that's a particularly difficult matchup anyhow. So just, yeah, no, I don't like anything about what's happening with the Bears <laughs> on Sunday at all. Oh, terrible. Come I'm sorry. I know. For I real. feel bad, but like, JF. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Unreal. That's all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold faith. Hey, I'm not saying they're gonna win. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna cover ten points though. I tell you that much. You um, I'm saying it's a, it's a bounce back week for Monty though. Uh, same goes for Cole Komet. Same goes for Darnell Mooney. I think that yeah, the weather conditions just in general, and then Soldier Field being what it is, it's not a great field to begin with. They they used him a lot. They gave him almost 20 touches. Yeah, three catches and uh, 17 carries, and he didn't really do anything with it. But I, you know. Who was going to do something with with that amount of touches, you know, playing in those conditions, right? So I still have faith. I, I feel like it's a kind of uh, an overreaction to the game a bit, just because of the weather, the very poor and negative game script. I mean, it's 17 carries for like 26 yards. Like that's, I mean, that's just not common for for someone of his skill set. 
Herbert did look good, but he still played uh, second fiddle to Montgomery's usage. So I still feel like that'll be at least the game script or the narrative going forward until Herbert can really grasp it. But Montgomery also led the team in catches with three. I mean, like, come on. It was just a bad situation on Sunday. Great for them. They won. They didn't care. Fantasy owners, we were losing our minds. That was, that was, not, that was not ideal. Um, I, I expected, even in, even in the monsoon, that Cole Komet would have more than just a target. Right, right. <laughs> more than the just bo- a target. Broke my heart. It really did. <laughs> just design something. Like, well, like well, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, Anything. I think, was it San Francisco? No, on Thursday night on on, on opening kickoff, the uh, the Rams, they got the, they got the ball to the kick returner for a carry. You know what I mean? That's getting a design play in there for one of your guys working hard, you know, yeah. working special teams, running downfield. Hey, we're going to give you a carry, pal. Come on, set something <laughs> up for the guy, will you? Jesus, it's driving me crazy. Absolutely. All right, we're we're gonna hit a quick word from the sponsors, and we'll be back with more start and sit questions. Be right back. Thinking of joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time because new customers who bet one hundred dollars get a one hundred dollar free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open twenty four hours a day, where you can get a one hundred percent deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars. Also, WinBet has their own or their own same game parlay feature. Just click on the game you like, select build your own bet, and start building a monster parlay. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Football fans, the NFL regular season is finally here, and as week two kicks off and you get ready to place your bets and lock in your fantasy team, you need to check out the Elias Game Plan app, the ultimate uh, sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB that has everything that you need to get a competitive advantage. Their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparisons, and Elias key insights from their renowned research team. The NFL season is here, so don't wait. Download the Elias Game Plan app today. That's E-L-I-A-S. And right now, I have a special offer for you when you subscribe. Get a 14-day free trial off a monthly subscription plan. Only if you have the promo code SGPN. Find the Elias Game Plan app in the App Store or Play Store today and use the promo code SGPN. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV for free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V dot com slash SGP. Let's go. All right, and we're back. We're talking start or sit questions in week two. All right, we're on to the wide receiver position. Herms, Christian Kirk versus Indianapolis versus the Colts or Jerry Judy versus Houston. These are pretty close in rankings. And that's what makes that so difficult of a decision too, but I think the the thing that I'm going to lean back on to give my answer is just mm-hmm. I'm more sure of how everything's distributed in Jacksonville than I am about how everything's distributed in Denver because yep. that Monday night, like, I don't know how much we can really take away from that anyway. I mean, it was very strange, like it, both teams, even not just, not just the Broncos, just a lot of different tight ends kind of sprinkling in there doing irritating stuff. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but I do definitively know, Christian Kirk's getting those targets. That's what they yep. paid him to do. That's what they. That's what the GM broke the wide receiver market to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, like the Colts defense, like for as good as it has been historically, like it, it did not look great. Did not look great. Like that game against the Texans, it's like they did a lot better than I think they probably should have. So, I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean, like that whole division is going to be a bit of a mess, but that's a whole different question. But just to, you know, keep it strictly to this, like, yeah, I, I feel a lot more certain about Christian Kirk getting the requisite amount of work to at least provide a safety right. net to not completely fall out, you know, to really screw you if you make a choice between these two. Because like you said, they're very close and I'm just going to go with the volume. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I think Jerry Judy, even Cortland Sutton, they're just getting a lot of love, you know, this offseason coming into week one. They're getting a new quarterback. They're getting an upgrade, new shiny toy at the, at the quarterback position, right? 
it's really tough for me because Kirk, I still think he does have a really tough matchup. You get Stephon Gilmore, you got Kenny Moore there. Secondary looks really good. They only allowed uh, 12 completions up against 21 targets last week, but Kenny Moore injured himself in practice Wednesday, so maybe there's a little bit more upside there. I, I'm with you. Just go with the safe volume. Yeah, Kirk only had six catches in week one, but he had 12 targets. You know, Both Sutton and Judy both had seven targets and four catches, plus you had, what, 10 catches go to the running back? And yeah. you have to expect a little bit of regression there, right? So you, you maybe get another four or five catches that could go around. I mean, Albert O, I, I think he had a, he had one more catch than both of those guys, you know? So yeah. I saw him as kind of being like that like safety valve for Russ that I think a lot of people felt Jerry Judy was going to be. You know, everyone's like, oh, he's the new Baldwin. He's, he's new, you know, swift cut lining receiver, right? Like, eh, <laughs> not, not that easy. And Jerry Judy made pretty much his whole nut on one play last week. He's what, exactly. one for 75? Yeah. Right. So, like, I feel like I'm getting a little bit more risky with that pick. Judy is fantasy pros wide receiver 23. Kirk is 25. I've got Judy at 24 and Kirk at 22. So, it's like, they're really close still because Houston's still a good matchup, right? Like, I feel like, you know, Judy could have a good day, but it's just, is it going to be one for 25 and a touchdown or is it going to be, you know, something similar to what we saw the other night? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, definitely the safe floor with Kirk. Even if he runs into trouble, he's going to have that volume. He, you know, he, he he's going to have that opportunity the entire game. All right. Next, this next one is a three-part question. We're looking at Jeff Wilson Jr. versus Seattle, Hunter Renfro versus Arizona, or Elijah Moore at Cleveland. Another very close one in the rankings here. Oh, I mean, I'll start with <laughs> I'll start with talking about Hunter Renfro because I just truthfully and I always say if I don't have a good answer I won't pretend that I do. When it comes to Hunter Renfro specifically at this point, I don't know. I really don't know. He's just it frustrated me how like little work he got in that first game in the big, you know, mm -hmm. debut with the like, oh, Devontae Adams is in town, you know. So like the there's still a lot to learn from that offense. So as far as immediately trusting him again, I'm very hesitant mm -hmm. to do so. There are a handful of rosters where I have him that like there are just a little more certain options that I'm going with. So just right sure. out of the gate, I'm just ruling that out. Not because, you know, like there's a decent case to be made. He probably bounces back. The system's, you know, pretty good for him. The guy coming over from New England, all the slot receiver, you know, mm -hmm. but I don't know that for week two. So it comes down to Jeff Wilson Jr. and Elijah Moore for me. And I think at that point, it I never want to be the person that necessarily trusts Kyle Shanahan is just going to do the thing that we expect that he's going to do. Right. But if you blew your fab budget on Jeff Wilson Jr. or oh, you yeah. had like traditional waiver system, you know, if you had that first claim and you got him like, Buddy, this is what you did it for. <laughs> you know, like this is this is why you made that choice. And it's not like Seattle's the most difficult matchup in the world. So, like, yeah, you kind of have to go with the logic of your own investment and commit to it. Mm -hmm. That's I think just even beyond the football of it all, just the strategic part of fantasy football. You made this choice, you made the bed. Now it's time to lay down and see what happens. Yeah, to me, it's just another safe floor. I've got Wilson at 22, running back 22, that is. Renfro at wide receiver 28 and more at wide receiver 29. So those two are very close for me. Um, you're looking at more. It's going to have Joe Flacco as his quarterback. Does that, does that feel trustworthy up against Cleveland? No, doesn't feel good. It's not great. Renfro, obviously, the situation doesn't feel right. You're not sure how you know the, the touches are going to get divvied up. Is it going to be another big Waller and uh, an Adams week? What you do like about the Renfro situation is that matchup. Arizona allowed the most yards and most fancy points to wide receivers in week one. If there's a time for Ren uh, Renfro to start breaking out, why not now, right? So I, I like that argument, but safest floor. Again, Wilson Jr., he still led the team, uh, San Francisco 49ers, two seasons ago in rushing yards. He knows the system. He knows Shanahan. He knows what they're going to want to do, and – Again, it's hard to to take away, you know, the 49ers production from week one. They lost Elijah Mitchell early on, who did produce very well in the rain. May he rest well. Poor man. I I was banging the Elijah Mitchell drum all offseason. So like I was like, you know, like and it sucks when it's love. the first game too. You friend. know, like oh I, yeah. He had like six point eight yards of carry before he left, you know. Like yeah. I was I was I was I was I was breaking down. And of course, they scored a touchdown on that drive that he ran them into the red zone, and then they took him off the field. 
So I owned Wilson in a lot of spots because if you if you're really into somebody, hey, you probably want to go get your back their backup because you're going to get hurt. It's going to happen. That's also why I had to buy a lot of DeAndre Carter this week because I love Keenan Allen. But I think Wilson Jr. is going to be fine. It's a very good matchup. I feel like he is the most likely to score a touchdown of these three, and that's just the easiest way to keep it, right? He, the, yeah. They're all touchdown dependent, all, all three of these guys. Renfro was a big t- uh, touchdown dependent player last, last year, hit uh, nine or double-digit touchdowns. Obviously, no Adams there, no Waller there when he was doing that. So we'll see uh, how the situation progresses for him this week. But, yeah, sounds like we're both going with uh, Wilson here. This next one up, this is a fun one. Ramondre Stevenson at Pittsburgh, Rex Burkhead at Denver, or Amari Cooper at, no, sorry, with the Jets, hosting the Jets. Oh, can I say pass? Is that an option? <laughs> nope. But uh, these no, are I, people's flex questions, sir. Now that, that is Not true. everyone's flex is as beautiful as yeah. yours. Now, but I mean, so I talked about it on my podcast recently about how mm-hmm. the entirety of the New England offense. Like we weren't really in on the pass catchers anyway. I don't know many people outside of the super flex leagues that are, you know, playing Mac Jones mm-hmm. anyway, but including the backfield, I give up. I'm not doing it. Like even just, <laughs> just watching the game, I could tell they're not adjusting well to the new blocking scheme. I don't think they really fully. Got, and th- there were reports from the off season talking about how, you know, like Mac Jones just really isn't picking this up. And there were times where it's just like, everybody looked kind of confused. And the biggest mm-hmm. thing, for Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, people were arguing about was like, well, if one takes over the other or, you know, which one ends up with the pass catching work. And the fact of the matter is at least from the early returns of what I saw, Mm -hmm. neither of them. And plus, even though Ty Montgomery now, you know, headed to IR, it was a three headed monster again. So does that then become Pierre strong? I maybe, there's a decent chance. So I'm just avoiding that wow. backfield. And like, dude, I know how good the Pittsburgh run defense is. When it goes well, it goes pretty well. Now, without Watts, may he also rest up and do his thing. I, It's mm-hmm. not the best matchup in the world. And then I just never really want to trust Tamari Cooper with anything, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he's incredibly no. talented, you know, but there are just certain circumstances throughout his career that make it difficult. And with Brissett, you know, no not feeling it even against the jets now if there's a time for it to work sure it would be the jets so if you go against what i'm about to say and pick amari cooper instead i'm not going to blame you but rex burkhead you know the whole i I tried to tell people man like do i did i think damian pierce was a very good prospect yes was i excited about him sure but should he have picked should he have ended up being picked anywhere within the top 30 running backs and all that like oh he's gonna be the workhorse no no stop (laughs) like just rex burkhead's a thing He's going to be out there and do stuff. I'm not saying right. that I'm like thrilled about my answer here, but he's annoying and good enough to not be horrible. So there you go. I, it's it's a very uninspired answer. I apologize, but that's where so, I'm at. So I am starting Ramondre Stevenson this week, and I am starting Rex Burkhead this week. I, those guys are in my lineups. Where I have Amari Cooper, he is not in my lineups, and I and I I could easily pull pull somebody. I think I'm starting like Roby Anderson over him. You know what I mean? He's bad. Yeah. He's 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 not very good right now, at least in the given situation. Deshaun Watson comes back. We'll we'll talk about getting the lineup. I've got him at wide receiver 56, so that's about 20 spots behind fantasy pros. So yeah. I think it's a little bit more adequate to the situation. Between Ramondre and Burkhead, I, I I mean really it's a coin flip. I feel like Ramondre could take a step forward this week because of the rushing defense of Pittsburgh, because Ramondre can be used more like a pass catcher. That's what we've all been wanting to see. That's what, you know, we are getting from all the beat reporters out of New England. So I feel like, you know, I, I go with the skill set a little bit more. Like, yeah, the situation wasn't great for Mac last week. And honestly, Mac could wind up getting pulled out of this game if he doesn't figure it out and if he's hurt, whatever. So even if Hoyer were to get in there, I'd like Ramondre even more. Um, you know, once they get into the red zone, uh, yeah, you got to be worried about Damian Harris stealing some touches next to the goal line. But realistically, it's going to be pr- pretty close to an even split. And between Burkhead and Ramondre, like as far as like who gets the most touches, it's I mean, it's a tough question, but I feel like the margin is going to be pretty slim enough to the point where I can bet on the athleticism and skill set of Ramondre over Burkhead. But uh, like I said, full disclosure, I'm starting both of them. Where I, where I, where I need a guy, those guys are in there. So, and I even have like Ramondre and Dame Harris, like on the same team. I was just like, screw it. I'll get CMC and then both those guys and I'll figure it out. Figure I've, it I've out. done that I too, actually. One. <laughs> just draft both and hope yeah. one of them hits. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been there. <laughs> 
<laughs> Kurt. <clears throat> yeah. All right. We got a, a question in the chat here. We got uh, Dryon asking, want to trade for ETN? Who should I include in the trade, Burks or Kirk? Well, we just got done talking about Christian Kirk a little bit. Probably don't want to give him up. So it would definitely be trailing Burks for me uh, to give up for ETN if that's the way you wanted to go. Um, if you have a ton of great receivers, then and and you could let go of Kirk. That I mean, by all means. But I feel like he's the better piece to keep here. I think you're going to agree here, Herms. Without the context of knowing what else is on their team, like yeah, if you yeah. can if you can move Burks for ETN, then please, please, absolutely do that. That would be the move. All right, uh, we got one more starter sit question here, and then we're going to move on to some trade evaluations. All right, so we're looking at uh, Dawson Knox versus Tennessee. Definitely needs a bounce back game, Dawson Knox. Or Albert O.K. Wubanam versus Houston, hosting the Texans. I mean, you just got finished talking about, you know, a little bit ago, how no, awesome no, it was for Albert O. Kind of just, like, being the guy to kind of, like, Everything I said about not really knowing what's going to shake out with the receivers is still true, but everything you said mm -hmm. about the tight ends is still, you know, pretty true. Like Albert O, at least as far as we're aware, is enough of a fixture to feel pretty good about it. But then the other part of it's like, oh, but Dawson Knox, you know, the, it was very the disappointing Bills. debut. Exactly. It's like very disappointing it's the Bills debut. Offense, though. They gave him all the money. He's on the Bills. It's like theoretically, if there's going to be time for this to bounce back, then you know, absolutely, you know, this would be a good opportunity to do that. But mm -hmm. we only have the information that we've seen so far to go off of. And if we're going off of what we've seen so far, there's at least a little more guaranteed opportunity for Albert O to be able to produce. So just, you know, I think people who roster Dawson Knox need to be patient if they're worried about it. It was always going to be within the realm of possibility that he would regress somewhat because of how much mm -hmm. he relied upon touchdowns last year. And frankly, right. he's not one of the top two options in that offense. So, Oh, not even close. Yeah. Yeah. Like at least for the time being like, yes, Albert oh but if anybody's thinking oh like when's the time to give up on Dawson Knox I'm not prepared to answer that for at least a few more weeks so I know that wasn't the question but Albert O's who I'm going with but then just free nugget of information don't necessarily give up on Dawson Knox so soon agreed yeah he shouldn't be like a cut candidate you know off off your roster I mean no the roster utility that he holds on his old on his own team is very valuable. Like if, if you see an injury to Crowder or McKenzie, then you're going to get that extra bump and that's all you need in that offense. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Gabe Davis out snapped Stefan Diggs by like 30% this, this past week in week one. I was like, what? I was losing my mind when I saw those numbers. Like, that's not right. Those are, those are backwards. Like that can't be right. <laughs> no, it's the math checks out. That's, that's how it ended up. So they're going to be very unique with their with their usage, and I just think they have so much talent at the wide receiver position. Just mentioned Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. You still have Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder there. You still have you know backup tight ends kind of cutting into the mix as well. You see him kind of coming on and off the field for different packages and snap stuff. So uh, I, I'm staying with Albert O just because I don't trust his backup, and I felt like when I was watching that game, every time Russ would get into trouble, he was going through his progressions to his checkdowns. He was going down to the running back and to the tight end, and those were his fail safes. So I'm going to keep leaning that way, you know, until we get a little bit more consistency as to, you know, who's his guy. Is it the dog and Jerry Judy, or is it Christian Mingle and Cortland Sutton? I don't, I don't think we know just yet. Facts. Facts. All right. Uh, let's go into some <laughs> trade evaluations. So we're going to talk, uh, you know, some side A, side B, whatever. Uh, these are all real trades. So I didn't just make these up. I didn't pull them out of my ass. I got them from Yahoo. These are completed trades. You know, some you may just be like, well, how who would, who would give away that side? Well, I don't know. They're on Yahoo. Go find them. <laughs> side A, Chase Edmonds or and Michael Pittman. Four, side B, Jamal Charles. I'm sorry, Jamal Charles. Jamal Williams, I wish. Well, well. Jamal, <laughs> yeah, like I wish. Jamal Williams, Nick Chubb, or T. Higgins. Man, I mean... <sighs> This I, one's easy for me. I primarily focus in PPR scoring. That's the, the, yeah. the leagues that I play and all that. Mm -hmm. So I I would much rather have the Edmonds and the Pittman side of that for sure, especially just because, like, dude, I'm what we saw from Edmonds week one, I really mm -hmm. feel like is a little closer to you know the floor end of things for him. Like mm -hmm. I think that was a really, really exciting pickup by that team. And I was nervous about it early on. I was kind of somebody that like very, you know, even before, you know, the summer started just like looking around, 
I was mm. skeptical about Chase Edmonds in this situation, but then as time went along and Sony Michelle fought, you know, fell off, went to a different team, did whatever, and it became clear it's just going to be Edmonds for the most part. I was like, oh boy. So yeah, dude, the combination of Edmonds and Pittman, I'm like, yeah, dude, please. I don't know. I'm, I'm much higher on T Higgins and Nick Chubb, but I'm also super high on the uh, Bengals offense. Not that they're going to be like a world beater or anything like that. I just feel like Joe Burrow is going to throttle them to just, you know, this crazy type of production. Uh, so for me, I mean, I, I would do that trade easily just taking Nick Chubb and T Higgins. I'd just take out the Jamal Williams part of it. And I would still slam Nick Chubb and T Higgins. Nick Chubb is just the engine that makes the Browns go. Without him, what are they? You know, you know what I mean? Like he's always going to have that defined role there where I feel a little bit more risky, you know, going with the Chase Edmonds for the rest of the season, you know, because of that, you know, efficient inefficiency you saw week one. Like you saw him start off good. You saw him go off for a couple of big gains, but they have so many weapons in that offense. I feel like they're just going to spread it around where I know by halftime I'm going to I'm going to be, you know, close to Nick Chubb's you know, projection for the week, you know, whatever number they came out for him because he's just getting that ball. And, uh, you know, Michael Pittman's a number one, you know, on his team. He's like, he's the dude. He's going to get the the huge amount of the target share there. But I think T. Higgins can do just as much damage uh, with consistency from a fantasy perspective uh, in a very high octane offense that I feel like is going to be playing in a lot of positive game script for fantasy. So, yeah, I mean, di different thoughts uh, for different folks here. But I, I think we both came up with some good reasons why. Um, it's, a good, it's a good trade either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I if if the person likes getting Edmonds, like like again, like he wasn't someone that I was high on, but if like that's your guy, you always have to go after the guys that you're high on. So by all means, um, but yeah, I just feel like they're going to spread the ball around there, and I feel like we're going to start seeing you know Tyreek start you know taking carries and stuff like that, some Debo Samuel type crap. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, next up we've got uh, Curtis Samuel, Samuel, excuse me, and Alvin Kamara for Mike Evans. This one's really tough. I mean, right now, I mean, I don't know if I want any of these guys like right now, like today, like yeah, after, I mean, after week one. The the tricky part of it, I guess, because I mean, like I have I have a preference of side, but mm -hmm. depending on how healthy or unhealthy Chris Godwin is, or how unhealthy or healthy some of the other options are, like right. the success of Mike Evans is always going to have the floor of, well, he gets the touchdowns sometimes because he's a very good red zone target. But like the ceiling mm -hmm. of that is unfortunately entirely dependent on everybody else around him. Cause you know, the fewer options and not just him, but like the logic that we apply to all of fantasy football. If you're on a team, you hopefully want to be a guy that has a majority of, you know, the work that other people around aren't taking from you. So, I mean, as things stand right now, I would prefer to have the Samuel Camara side because it seems like I understand, you know, like as we're talking like right now, I think it was, you know, maybe only a couple hours ago we found out, you know, Alvin Kamara didn't even practice today. Right. So, you know, but like at least coming off of Sunday, the coaching staff was like, we feel OK about his injury. Maybe they're just being a little conservative with that, which I get. It's early in the year. And mm. then just like the monster opportunity Curtis Samuel had. And like, this is the reason that they gave him that big contract. It sucks that that groin injury from camp last year literally ruined his entire season. But this is the responsibility they had in mind for him in that scheme. So mm -hmm. like, I would rather take Kamara and Samuel. But if we find out, well, Godwin's not doing so great. I think the team might just shut him down. He's going to be out for several weeks and like all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Then it's going to feel a little more complicated. Like, like you said, like, you know, it's right. the context of what we don't know about Tampa makes it hard to answer. Yeah, I, I hear you. And really just from like a roster utility standpoint, I guess I would go with Samuel and Kamara as well, because when I'm looking for, a top RB on waivers is super hard to find, but you can mm -hmm. find that guy at a wide receiver position that can boom for you that week. May have even been Curtis Samuel this week. You may have picked him up with a, a heavy dose of fob money. I know I was telling people to go spend, you know, 15, 20% to get him. Uh, he was someone that I, that I liked coming into Washington. And like you said, like rough situation gets the groin injury. Everybody gives, gives up on him. He was like wide receiver, you know, 76 and ECR and ADP this off season with fantasy pros. I remember, taking a lot of heat on Reddit over the offseason because I was like, hey, Curtis Samuel could be something. And everyone's like, no, no, you're dumb. 
It's not going to happen. Gets 11 targets week one. That's 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 football for you. Oh. Um, yeah, Mike Evans. I feel like there's going to be a lot of weeks where I find that guy on the waivers that I can that, that I can hit big with. Um, so I, I feel like I could make it up with Curtis Samuel, and if not him, you know, another person that I would grab. And you're also just going for the two to one value here. I would expect Alvin Kamara and Curtis Samuel to just straight up outscore Mike Evans combined. You know, for the season. You know, just trying to keep it simple here. Yeah. All right, we're going to hit a quick word from the sponsors, and we'll be uh, right back. Uh, No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in Pick'em Contest versus other people for a shot at winning $250,000 in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, and select your player props to earn points for correct picks and climb the leaderboard uh, for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and earn 20 times your entry if you hit on all of your picks. Bet up to five player prop over unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and even NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app to get the first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You don't want to miss out on this. We're also brought to you by uh, promoguide.us. It's the best place to go if you're interested in plus EV betting strategies and making consistent profits from sports betting. They've got daily updates on odd boosts and huge cash bonuses from all the major sports books. Their bet tracker shows an average ROI of 25%. And they've got a a VIP Discord group that puts an even deeper plus EV analytics right at your fingertips. I've got to say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates, and they have got some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you what team is probable to win, but where you can get the best odds and track down and cash cash in big on constantly changing promotions. Go to promoguide.us and check out their 100% tracked, transparent, and proven method for better, smarter, and once again, uh, betting. With promoguide.us, you get consistency, and consistency gives you profit. Uh, Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I know I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's the first sports contest built into the fantasy experience. Not only can you enter a contest via over-under itself, but you can also do so uh, through your fantasy league's matchup. Uh, for example, Patrick Mahomes is your starting quarterback. You can you know, win your fantasy matchup, but also bet that he'll hit over 250 passing yards. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and we can play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks and they, at the tap of a button. It's in, uh, insane, insanely fun Excuse me, uh, to write it out together. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Promo code SGP. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Uh, Terms and conditions apply. Uh, See Sleeper's terms for use of details. All right, we're back. We're hitting it hard here. We're talking trade evaluations. Next up, big surprise, Mr. James Robinson going up against Adam Thielen. Which side of that trade would you prefer there, Herms? Dude, man, I'm questioning everything that I know about the whole because I was a big ETN guy. Okay. Like I spent yeah. a lot of time talking about it. And like and I gotta be honest, there were a couple opportunities where I felt like, you know, maybe Trevor Lawrence didn't deliver the greatest ball to him, you know, because there's one play in particular. Corner I know the end zone wheel route. Yeah, we we've all seen that. Yeah. You know, it's a little, little sucky. <laughs> but but at the same time, like, you know, Robinson, like to his credit, dude, like he looked pretty good. And like, you know, the Achilles thing scared me the entire time. And you know, when I first started to put together my draft rankings, I had this dude just like astronomically low because I was like, there's no way he's mm-hmm. going to be able to do anything. And then right. as reports kept going and moving up, moving up, moving up. And then I was like, oh, OK, I guess maybe. So I didn't draft him anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Like I didn't draft him anywhere, yeah. but like it ended up being a thing, like you said. So, dude, man, like, but even all of that said. When Adam Thielen's healthy, and we know how good that connection between him and Kirk Cousins is, like mm-hmm. it's 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 the touchdown machine, you know. It's it is what it is, you know. Like we talk about all the time, and you know, doing statistical analysis, looking for things that you know, like vastly you know outperforming expectation. You know, we look for regression candidates, and Adam Thielen's routinely one that pops up. But it's like, well, at a certain point, you can't really overlook the fact that maybe him and Kirk are just really good pals. So you know. Like, 
I feel a lot more stable about a guy that's just had, you know, a not Achilles injury keep him out for a bunch of time. But if you're really running back needy, I understand the logic behind the deal. So I'm just going to kind of be, I'm just going to kind of be Switzerland here, you know, just take the neutral side. But I think just in terms of safety in what you're getting, I would rather have Thielen, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a good deal. It's a good trade. I, I like it either way. So I wasn't a big ETN guy and it's not that I like hated on him, but I always felt like the, you know, like when you're doing the mock drafts, obviously, and you're seeing him going like the third round and sometimes even the second. And I'm just like, it's too high. Like, I'm sorry. Like you can, you can be excited about him. You can be, you can, you can be hyped, but that's just buying like way, way too into the, into the off season narrative. And James Robinson was running straight line sprints on, I think in like June. So that wasn't a good sign for like the ETN love. Like, okay, this guy actually like just looks fine running in straight lines right now, he's running fast, he's running hard. Well, that wasn't a good situation. Another, you know, Reddit narrative that you know I had to constantly take L's on because everyone was, you know, hyping up the ETN train. And I'm not ready, I'm not looking for W's here because I do think that ETN is going to have a good season. Like I, I yeah. saw the, the the same tape. There was a lot of plays where he could have just easily, you know, been thrown to, I don't know, four yards earlier. He'd have been just fine. He would have caught a touchdown, probably had a couple extra passes. But I also saw a play where he literally like Swatted the ball down like this. That was bad. ETN, don't do that. Like when they were saying Jamar Chase was afraid of the stripes, that's the type of stuff we were looking for. That wasn't it. ETN, do better. Uh, I I like the Thielen side of it. I do think it's safer just because like week in and week out, like this is like your flex play position. I'm going to feel more comfortable throwing out a guy like Adam Thielen in there because I'm not afraid he's not going to finish the game. Because if there is an inkling of injury for James Robinson, they're going to pull him. They don't want to lose him. Like he is a valuable piece to their offense. He's a very good in between the tacklers uh, runner. He is a powerful runner. He he hits uh, the line with a lot of uh, speed and veracity. So like he's going to get used a lot. It's just can he withstand the volume? Can he withstand you know all of that opportunity? And I feel like it's going to be a pretty even split because. They don't need to overload any one guy. You have one guy who's a little bit more experienced. You have another guy that you're still bringing back from injury. So for that, I'm going to go with Thielen. I know the week one production wasn't there, but I also feel like they're going to be in better game flows where they're in competitive uh, games. There's a lot of scoring, and Thielen's going to get be able to get his, uh, you know, get his nut, get his production. So for that, I'm going to go with him. Uh, this next one, real doozy. I, I was very shocked to see this as a straight-up trade, but again, real trades from Yahoo. Trey Lance. For Justin Fields, like what? Yeah, <laughs> it's a very I mean, unilateral move. <laughs> like that's that's kind of the issue. Is just like it's a you know similar archetype of player, you know, similar right. experience level ish, and you know the Trey Lance is on the better football team. So like I guess I you know by virtue of that well, alone. Yeah, you know, you're good. We, we, we just beat them. No big deal. There's, no big deal. there's reasons no big deal. for, you know, optimism. Okay. I like Eber Flus. It was a good hire. You know, we'll, we'll see. You know, they'll, they'll turn things around very shortly. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's a it's a little, you know, I, I don't get why it needed to happen. But I mean, Lance and Fields are kind of in a similar range and, you know, for a reason because, you know, like you're, probably always going to rank Lance higher just because of the thing that I said, the Niners are in a better shape than, you know, the bears are perhaps, but like they're, they're young, they're young quarterbacks who run. You're getting the same, like, I, I don't know. Like fine. Sure. Yeah. The answer, the answer to the question is yes. Sure. I don't know. Give me, give me, give me fields. Uh, I know the offense is better for, for the 49ers just based off of, you know, the depth chart, right? Just look at, look at the paper and you'll see like, oh, that guy's pretty good. Uh, George Kittle. I've heard of him before. He's not bad at football, right? Pretty good football player. Uh, Cole yeah. Komet, one target, no, no production. Darnell Mooney, one catch. Who's this David Montgomery guy? He didn't go anywhere. He, he ran himself into the ground. I, I get it. I, the, the, the narrative is there that, you know, Lance would be the better guy, but Lance has been way more raw of a talent. Like, you know, we, we've seen some big games from Fields still, even uh, last year as a rookie. Uh, the Monday night game up against uh, your guys, uh, the Steelers, that was a great game. That was kind of like his, like, coming out party, if you will. And I was very surprised by his performance in that game. I was just like, whoa, where where this guy come from? This this isn't, you know, the guy I've been watching play football the last four weeks. And, you know, the, the, the Bears, you know, while this isn't a fantasy narrative or something to buy in on, 
uh, big mental change over there, big, big culture change. Like you mentioned, Eberflus. I feel like he's just really designed the, the playbook and the offense to just meet the needs of his quarterback. Like he's really simplified everything for him. And I think Fields is going to have some uh, some good days coming up here. It'll be a nice, uh, nice to see, you know, Trey Lance without playing in some rain this week. You know, maybe some dry weather. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I'm sure you now you've seen, you know, all the, all the news about him, you know, dropping bills, making it rain on strippers. <laughs> you know, he's been hanging out with Garoppolo a little bit too much, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Geez. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, we, we've got an interesting week of uh, Trey Lance narratives to, to v- develop here. We're going to be hearing about that a lot in the news, I'm sure. And uh, if he doesn't play well, it's going to be even hurt even more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Next up, another really close one for me. Um, Cortland Sutton for Antonio Gibson straight up. Oh, gosh. If you had asked me before we saw, you know, the Monday night game, I would have just been like, oh, because, you know, I'm sure Cortland Sutton's going to be the, oh, you know, because yeah. I, you know, like I, as it's everyone, Mingle. Yeah, as everyone did, you know, we just decided which one we thought was going to be the new DK mm-hmm. Metcalf, you know, you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit before about how, you know, we kind of predetermined, you know, Judy to be the, you know, the new Doug Ball. We just, we just decided we, we picked who we wanted them to be. But then, exactly. you know, we've already kind of discussed it in just that, like, I don't know what we can take away from the first one. But what I do know that we can take away from week one action is that, you know, Brian Robinson, whenever he ends up coming back, may prove to be a thorn in Antonio Gibson's side. But until mm-hmm. that happens, dude was pretty good. And also, like, some of those catches that he made, it was, you know, like, hey, kind of looks like a guy that played receiver in college that, you know, decided, right? you know, right? <laughs> the, you know, so I was on the, like, no Antonio Gibson thing the whole mm. offseason. But, right. you know, circumstances change. We get new information. And with the new information that we have, I would rather take the shot on Gibson right now now if if we play this back at the end of the season there's a huge chance that this could be an opportunity where it's like well what was herbs thinking ah the idiot you know but i don't know i mean you know i don't know that i would really want to be getting rid of or trading for either of them right now because you know there's just a lot that we still have to learn but it's a real trade from Yahoo. You know, you didn't make these up, so people are actually doing this. So if you're out there and you're the one who did the thing, uh, my answer was if you're the person that got Gibson, cool. You know, good for you. Good job. You won the trade. I think they won the trade. Safer floor yeah. for touchdowns. Safer floor for just all-purpose yards. We've seen Gibson now included in the passing game, more so than we've ever seen him included in the passing game, but albeit. And he yeah. was a receiver in college. When he came into the league, I was like, you know, declaring him the next Matt Forte it hasn't quite taken off yet. Yeah. Didn't happen for Damian Pierce either. Oh no. Last time, <laughs> last time Lovey Smith had a rookie running back. He gave him 400 touches that season. His name was Matt Forte. <laughs> Couldn't give Damian Pierce 12 touches. Come yeah, on, come man. on, man. Come on. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, but yeah, I'm going Gibson side here. Like I said, just safer floor for pretty much all the stats that you're looking for. And again, fantasy is a very, you know, running back heavy, um, you know, stat wise right like you need those guys week in and week out if you're looking at the waivers right now you're looking at guys that maybe had four or five carries you can target guys in the waiver wire what waiver wire right now we had like seven plus targets last week like noah brown is sitting on the waiver wire for everybody he may not have Dak next week but he had nine targets last week jalen tolbert didn't even play (laughs) it's like come on you know all right, we're looking at a question here from the chat. We got Randy Miller asking <clears throat> for his last flex spot. We've got A Rob Thielen or Michael Carter, full point PPR. I am going Michael Carter here, Herms. I like the targets going to the Jets running backs. I think there was 16 total, 18 total between him and Brees Hall. And they had the majority of the targets with uh, Joe Flacco in the field. I'm, I'm going to go with Michael Carter here. I'm ready to be hurt by Allen Robinson again. I'm, I'm doing right. it. <laughs> I'm do- but it's in for me. Yeah, and, and I feel that, you know, so, you know, viewer, if that's, if you're still not comfortable with it, like, I get it, but between Thielen and Michael Carter, just to give you more of an answer, mm-hmm. I would then agree with you and say Michael Carter, so. Yeah, A-Rob, A-Rob's tough, I mean, and, and I don't even blame him, like, you another situation, you look at the tape, and you're like, what was the quarterback doing, you know, like, I don't know, Stafford, not going to say he wasn't ready, but he didn't look it, he didn't, he didn't look it. It was, it was a very bad debut, just all around, everyone, yeah. Well, Indeed. Except for Cooper Cup. <laughs> yeah. It never he ends. Was, for it was him. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how many receivers did that too. Like him, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, 
Uh, who, who am I forgetting? Devontae Adams. Yeah. I'm sure there's someone else. Justin, Je- the top five were the top five. Most of the top Justin 10 were the Jefferson. top 10. I, like, yeah. you know, that's... <laughs> Yeah, Justin it. Jefferson too. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it was awesome for just like watching football and oh, you know dude. everything being back, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm singing Celine Dion songs in the background, like ah, it's all it's all coming back. It's all coming oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> all right, last one here, and then we're gonna get to some uh, fantasy football over unders. So we got DJ Moore on side A. Side B is Aaron Rodgers, Chris Godwin, and Cam Akers. Mm, that is interesting. I really like the DJ Moore side still, to be honest. I mean, I mean, like, got, yeah, this oh. might be the, the biggest overreaction trade to week to week one. Like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, bad. Chris Godwin hurt. Cam Akers, bad. Uh, I want DJ Moore. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I give DJ Moore away for that. I, no, no, that's that feels very strange to like. As far as the Cam Akers part of it goes, like I just I didn't understand his hype even before he tore the Achilles. I especially didn't understand it after. And uh-huh. you know, there's a decent chance that that just might be a thing that we look back on and just hypothesize of what could have been. But even just like ignoring that part of it, because for me, I I I don't have the emotional energy to spend thinking about Cam Akers. I would right. much rather get Aaron Rodgers and Chris, like. You know, like there's an understanding that the Godwin thing was going to take time, but like, especially if this person, you know, getting Aaron Rodgers was not thrilled about the quarterback performance that they had or were also the Dak person. Like, like you said, like, this is a huge overreaction move. It's like Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine, man. (laughs) Like this dude. Like, you know, we did, we did, we did this last year. Okay. Week one nightmare. Who cares? Give up the whole team, sell them, you know, just move them out of Wisconsin, yep. put them. So yep. like, I don't know. And then it, it was fine. It was perfectly fine. Like, you know, dude, like. Are, yeah. are the Packers just using week one now is like the starters only preseason game. It's, what, like, it's kind of what I'm, <laughs> what I'm starting to feel like, because like I, to me in that game, there was. No excuse whatsoever why Aaron Jones didn't have eight plus catches. Like in that game, how bad everything is going, and you're letting him get out touched. And I mean, AJ Dillon, I think, led the team in receiving uh catch or in catches. I think I I'm think not, so, I'm yeah. not sure, but I yeah. think it was like five to Jones's three, and then it, everything else was sprinkled about. Like, do you know how much they're paying Aaron Jones? Do they know? Like, what are you what are you paying this guy to do to get out touched by AJ Dillon and not even be used at all? Like I mean, I was super upset about that. I have to imagine that, you know, especially with a, like a rivalry game that they're going to bounce back and at least be more competitive, but you know, bear it down. All that being said, um, Chris Godwin and Cam Akers in this one though, it just leaves up too much, too many question marks for me. Like, I mean, yeah, you pretty much are trading DJ Moore for Aaron Rodgers straight up. So like, if that, if that works, like if that, if that's going to fit for you, th- then fine, you know, you can do this trade, but I, I don't know. I just feel like DJ Moore just has such a safe floor at his position single quarterback league there's no way i'm doing this there's 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 no way yeah i'm also just flex, assuming that godwin will yeah. be fine eventually that's what i'm assuming yeah yeah but he's i mean they're also taking i think he's been pulled for this week um you know oh, they, they yeah. I, I didn't get the whole i didn't i didn't get rushing him back you know i i didn't i didn't see the purpose of him you know coming out week one like you know it's, it's kind of annoying uh, but yeah, I, I go, like I said, I go with the DJ Moore side. Just he just feels like a safer play for me. If like if it's a single quarterback league, it's an absolute home run. If it's two quarterback league, if it's super flex, I would definitely be more interested in trying to grab the the, the Rogers side because you're getting a little bit more roster utility. Those leagues are deeper. You're getting you know maybe an RB three or RB two at some point in the season. You're getting definitely you know fringe or, or wide receiver one, wide receiver two numbers at some point for Godwin for sure. And you can get quarterback one numbers from Rogers. So again, if it's if it's two quarterbacks, I'm I'm in single QB. I'm staying with the more side. All right, we are going to get into some fantasy football over unders in just a moment. We have just a couple more words from our sponsors here. Be right back. Uh, we are introducing Run Your Pool VIP. It's a brand new subscription service from Run Your Pool that helps you get an extra edge against the books, plus exclusive access to real money pools. Entry to our exclusive weeks one and two pools with guaranteed $5,000 payouts, as well as season long pool with a guaranteed $100,000 payout. 
Get access to the exclusive data to help your weekly game picks. Premium content like in-game, uh, in-depth guides for how to dominate your pools and exclusive swag. The top of the line is here, and that's is only if you're a serious sports fan. Uh, use code SGPNVIP at runyourpool.com slash VIP and get 50% off your first month of Run Your Pool VIP. That's code SGPNVIP at runyourpool.com slash VIP. I'm not sure if you've heard about Odds Trader, but it's a great place to compare odds from all your major sports books. You can also compare the different signup codes and promotions from sports books uh, to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, been a long one, add a good one. Appreciate you riding with us tonight, Herms. We're going to do some fantasy football over-unders and head out. So first up, we've got Tom Brady at New Orleans. His fantasy point total this week is 19.95. I'm taking the under, sir. What do you like? I mean, dude, I that's, that's I, I'm... I don't know. I, I never want to bet against Tom Brady. Like that's what stammering, hesitating. I don't know. But I mean, I, I'm just going to have to go with the over on it just because even with some of the receivers being banged up, like mm-hmm. I do think perhaps Julio maybe doing, you know, an impression of his younger self could end up, you know, being something cool. But then I also want to point out to people, Rashad White. He was looking pretty good. There's a there's a non-zero chance that with some of these other receivers kind of out there, I know they don't necessarily want to just always have to dump it down to Lenny. That could be kind of fun. Maybe that could turn into some sneaky points. Like I I I get the I get the hesitation though. I'm gonna take the over, but begrudgingly. I'm not super thrilled about it. I, I am in on the running backs this week uh, for Tampa Bay. So Lenny Fournette, if he's healthy, Rashad White, I think that they're going to run all over the Saints. The Saints, I think, let up close to like 130 yards last week on the ground. I think it's going to be a good matchup. And I and I mean, I just don't even know who's going to play. Like, I was yeah. really excited about Leonard Fournette. Now he just popped up questionable. you got Julio, Evans, uh, Lenny. They're all got cues next to the name and Godwin's out. So it's like, all right, well, this is, a, you know, play it close to the chest. Wait till, you know noon o'clock on monday a couple minutes before and making your final decisions i think it's just going to be a little bit more run heavy um i I, and i'm also taking the under in that game it's like 44 and a half points i want to take the under um game script i think is going to be more um friendly friendly to the run next one up running back potential bounce back opportunity cmc he's at 19 and a quarter 19.25 i'm saying bounce back give me the over i mean i'm against the giants yeah, I'm, I'm never going to bet against a, a healthy Christian McCaffrey going. Yeah. And get, get, he'll he'll get into 20-some, maybe even 30-some points. I mean, like, you're right. The the bounce back, it's it's actually, I mean, yo, look, not just you know, a continuation of a bounce back, too, because even on the other side, Saquon, this is going to be a big week for both of the running backs in this game. Just like, yes, all around, all of it. I want all of it. I want more Saquon for sure. That was great to see in week one. I would really love it if those two just just hit the gas pedal early and often in that game and just, that was it. No receivers, no tight ends. It's just us. CMC versus Barkley. Quad on quad (laughs) action. I love it. I love it. All right, next up we've got uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, 11.05, 11.05 points. Interesting number. Uh, Against New England. I mean, oh gosh, that oh, as a fan of me, it's, give, um, give it to so me straight, Herms. No fanhood. It's it, well, no, because it depends on the the Najee Harris of it all. I mean, his health and effectiveness is really going to determine a lot about how this game unfolds. So, I mean, I thought they, I, I thought they pulled the cue. I thought they pulled they, the cue. They did, but you know, earlier in the week they were saying, "Oh, it's a nightmare. Everything's over, and now he's going to be healthy to go." Like I don't know. I don't know how healthy he is, and Pretty he's the that. running back of my favorite team. I don't have. Yeah. I mean, dude, like, I'm I'm going to conservatively and begrudgingly take. You know, I'm going to take the under on it. I don't know that he's going to necessarily crater, but it wouldn't shock me if he uh, Deontay only sniffs around nine or ten because they might have to revamp the game plan a little bit and get maybe a little bit more of the interesting usage that we saw to chase Claypool to accomplish a version of a run game to get things done. So, you know, I also I, want more, more of that too. I'm a big Claypool guy. I, oh, I, yeah. I like seeing Claypool carries, Big fan. but I'm on the under, I'm on the under with this as well. He pretty much hit it last week. I think he had like almost like it was like 11 and a half, but he also had a fumble. Um, he also, I think was it, 
Is it 11 targets or seven targets? He had quite a few. I don't remember the exact number, but he had. It, it, he really saved himself on that one really awesome sideline catch. Yeah. If it weren't, if it weren't right. for that, people were going to be like, "Oh, why did I even?" Do? You know, like it would have just been a complete right, right. meltdown disaster. Yeah, the under, the under is what my instincts are telling me. But this one feels like you know, it, it, it wouldn't be one that I would actually go out and bet live. You know, these picks are from underdog. It wouldn't be something that I would have like in my card. Um, but that's also just because of just the uncertainty of it. So for that, I would say the under as well. Uh, last up here, we got Darren Waller. This feels like a low number given the week one production, the matchup. I, I really like this number 11.75. I, I think he smashes this. How about you? I mean, it would be inconsistent of me to be nervous about Hunter Renfro earlier and then also mm. nervous about Waller now. So just right. for the sake of following my own train of logic, of uh, yeah, go the over on that. Waller, when he's healthy and ready to go out there and play football he's really good at going out there and playing football so yeah give me give me all that yeah you might as well bet the props on while he's healthy anyways rather than one of the uh, weeks he's questionable or uh you know you yeah. make your pick on thursday and he's out of the lineup that's always nice to happen all right very good show sir really appreciate you joining us hope to have you back soon give us two bold takes for week two before we head out Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I'm just going to regurgitate one of them because I feel very strongly about it. If you have the New England, any of them, just get out from it. Just move on, please. Dear God, just don't, ugh, don't do it. And then also, like yo, dude, Carson Wentz, I, I I hate, you know, I'm pulling a semi-homer take on it, but like, I wouldn't be shocked if we see another, uh, another top five performance from him. Okay. That's a very, very good okay. matchup. You know, for him, and also just like look at what the Lions gave up to quarterbacks last year. Look at what they gave mm. up to Hertz last week, and he didn't even throw for a touchdown. So, mm. like, I think the commander strain is going to keep rolling. Carson Wentz, lock it in, baby. If you're looking for a streamer, I hope you already made those plans because it's going to be a good one. I had uh, Leonard Fournette for two anytime touchdowns, albeit he plays. I just popped up questionable, I think, like probably the minute after I wrote this. Uh, and then I got a big bounce back game for Cole Komet. Uh, give me five plus catches, 70 receiving yards, and give me a touchdown, please. All right, we got uh, one more question from the chat, and then we are going to head out. We got uh, Leonardo Perez asking, should I try to finesse a Kelsey or Andrews, I'm guessing, owner? I have Murray, Mixon, Aaron, Chef Aaron Jones, uh, JJ, I'm assuming Justin Jefferson, yeah. Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Deontay, J, Zach Ertz, Brees Hall, Jesus, Dobbins, Curtis Samuel, A-Rob, Stevenson, Kadarius, Tony. Yeah, I mean, you could do whatever to get those guys. I mean, there's so much. I mean, there's a lot of different options. I would probably start with, you know, like an like an Ertz and I mean, he's pretty stacked at receiver. What do you think about Ertz and Deontay for Andrews? I mean, you could definitely. Well, first of all, congrats on your draft, man. I mean, that was yeah, good golly. Job. But uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Did you leave I mean, anybody for anybody else? Fuck, oof, boy. Yeah, the tricky part of it is the you know to be able to finesse one of those tight ends is not really something that's always particularly possible. But with this roster, I think you may be able to. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the depth that you have at receiver, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, already established Steelers fan. <laughs> I love Deontay Johnson, but that's a piece. I mean, you know, you identified that as well. Like, you you can move on from that for sure and still be fine. I think that could be appealing. Yeah, go for it, man. You know, surrender that, see what the response is. And worst case scenario, if they really want to pay up and do something else, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's there's room for you to figure it out. Who would you rather have rest of the rest of the season, Kelsey or Andrews? Who Who should he target? Oh, gee, I mean, like well, when it comes to the tight ends, I mean, you know, like I'm, either one's fine. I, I don't know. Probably Kelsey, though, just because at least, you know, we, we've constantly seen it year over year over year right. over year. So until Travis Kelsey stops playing football or whatever, and or at least until we have a reason not to believe, I'm always mm -hmm. going to have him ranked as my number one. So, you know, but it, yeah, I would it, either one is the great. quarterback situation. Yeah, just look at the quarterback situation. Like Andrews had a good year last year, but you know Kelsey. You know, there's no Tyreek Hill. We saw how the offense uh, this past night. You've already seen Kelsey in Week Two. You saw how they just couldn't get the ball downfield. Like you know, they they could not get the ball to a uh, deep A dot whatsoever. Completely took uh, Juju and MVS out of the game. It was crazy. MVS had seven targets in that game. I think he had like two catches. Yeah, gosh, you know, and, yeah, you know what I mean. And a soft week. This was a soft week for Kelsey, and he probably had like double-digit fantasy points. He probably had about twelve to fourteen fantasy points, depending on your format. And that's like 
that's a good week for a tight end. It's a you know not a great week for Kelsey. That would be the guy for me. You know, if you're going to give up something like that, like you know, because like Deontay Johnson's like I mean still really good. Like there's a lot of weeks that Deontay Johnson and Andrews can like keep you know can keep pace. But you know, if you have to get more aggressive there, maybe you dip into T Higgins um, or Mike Evans. You know, I, I would be. Yeah, I'd be okay with either of those, but you have to give up something less, like you know Evans and you know, yeah, maybe I don't know Stevenson or a Rob. I don't know something like that. You know, you you can't go back with Ertz too because Ertz is going to have a good season. All right. Uh, yep. So you appreciate. It. Yep. Appreciate you, sir. Come back anytime. All right, Herms. Let everybody know where they can find you on the Twitter machine, where they can find your work, your rankings, your articles. We're gonna head on out. If you're going to do the thing on the bird machine, you can find me at Herms NFL. That's what I do and tweet stuff from. I don't know. I also have written work over at fantasysixpack.net. It's on the hat. It's the whole thing. That's also where you can find my weekly waiver wire article, you know, the weekly waiver wire stashes, which, you know, I'll have that for you ahead of the, you know, ahead of the game in case you're looking for some last minute ads. Uh, I also have a podcast slash video show on their YouTube channel called The Lateral Show, a sideways look at fantasy football. You can find that on Twitter at The Lateral FF. And then uh, I'm in Fantasy Pros ECR. So, you know, like we'll see how I do in the accuracy competition as, you know, the time goes along. But if you want to find my rankings that are part of the big contest, it's on the website www.thelateralff.com because that's it, it used to be the blog but it's really just a hub for my rankings at this point so it's going to be pretty love much it. the only thing you find there i love it i'm not my first year with fancy pro so i got you know i'm in you know i got to prove myself you know before i get into the contest they, they're like hey you got to do this every week before we even let you in the door buddy all right you better <laughs> show us what's up you better show us some you know some aria stuff sitting outside the steps make sure you're doing good <laughs> All right. You can find me on Twitter at T-I-T-T-H-J-B. You can find us on Twitter at SGPN Fantasy. Be sure to check out sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Smash the fantasy tab. We've got all the stuff you need uh, to win your uh, your weekly matchups, weekly rankings, injury reports, uh, start sits, injury updates. Come ride with us. We'll take care of you. Take care. Be well. Be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.